Welcome to our morning worship service today. It is a blessing to realize that God has given to us the breath of a new day and the ability to come into His presence, and this being the first Lord's Day of this new year. Well, we want to take a special moment and dedicate ourselves unto the Lord. So, after we sing our opening psalm, which is Psalm 100, if you are able, I'd like you to remain standing so that we will have a special prayer. And as we do that, this is by no means something of just a a pattern or something we do for custom. No, let that be far from our minds. Let's take this moment and realize that as we've come into God's presence, we have come to worship Him. And as He gives to us the grace of a new year and a new Lord's Day, well, let us take this opportunity seriously and commit ourselves to Him for whatever days He gives us in this year. Whatever time we have been and will be enabled to serve Him, well, we want to make the very best of it. So let's stand, please, as we sing this opening Psalm 100. All people that on earth do dwell sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Thank you. 
please remain standing. Let's bow our hearts and our minds before the Lord as we dedicate ourselves afresh to Him. Our Father, we bow this Lord's Day morning in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we come, Father, to offer the worship and praise of our hearts. We have been redeemed, not with corruptible things of silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish and without spot. And Lord, today, from these hearts of ours that have been saved by sovereign grace, we come, Lord, this morning to give ourselves for whatever we have and how much time we have left. We want, O oh God, that our lives would make a difference in our time. We want, dear God, to devote our minds, our hearts, and our bodies, and all resources, and everything, Lord, that You have given to us, we place willingly in Your hands today. And we ask, Lord, to come and make use of us. We know, Lord, that when we have done everything that is required of us, we are yet unprofitable servants. And Lord, we have proved it over and over again that it has been Your grace and kindness in our lives that enables us to do anything for the service of Christ. Dear God, I pray today that there would be within every believing heart a longing, a desire to give ourselves afresh into Your hand and purpose. Lord, we are, we are so blessed with so many things. We, we have been given, Lord, so many temporal mercies and blessings. And we are thankful, Lord, that these things, they are indicators. They are small witnesses of the greater spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. And when all the other things of life vanish, Lord, we are safe and secure in the arms of our eternal Father. O oh God, today, help us, we pray, to worship in spirit and in truth, to worship with all of our being. And Lord, to this end, we humbly come this morning and we say, Lord, we want to give our lives afresh into Your hand and service. And Lord, when we pray this prayer, it is a prayer that comes in response, Lord, 
to all that you have given to us. And we want simply to say, Lord, take our lives and take our resources and make use of them, we pray. Use this congregation, this church. Father, we don't want to be a monument. We don't want to just be a site at the corner of Nielsen and Finch. Lord, our prayer would be that from this fellowship of Your people, from this congregation, will reverberate across Scarborough and Toronto and Ontario and our nation. The message of Christ Jesus is alive, and He lives in the power of an endless life. And the gospel message is a message of hope, Lord. We know that because we've experienced it. And we want to share that message with others. And Lord, though the devil would love to silence our voice, though he would love to turn over and see the place bulldozed or turned into some other thing, oh God, we pray that ever from this pulpit will be resounding and speaking forth a message of life and of hope and of truth and that the gospel would go forward with clarity and with authority by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we depend upon You today. We cannot do this ourselves. Our Lord, we're so weak. We, we, we give in so easily. We're so sidetracked, Lord, and we can fall to temptation so easily but with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And Lord, working through us, we depend upon that power today. And we ask, Lord, that You would come to take hold of each of us individually. Lord, we know that this has got to be an individual and a personal dedication first and foremost. And so, Lord, work in every believer in our congregation today. Work, Lord, in the hearts of those who are watching online, not able to be with us this morning, but they are here in heart and spirit. Bless them and their families. Grant to us, Lord, as we pray often, household salvation. This is the need of the day and the hour for us. Let us not be the mockery of the world. But, O oh God, make us strong in Christ and in the power of His might. Let us, as we sing today, all people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with heart, soul, reverence, and holiness. Let us serve, O oh God, this day and in every day that we have yet to live. Father, make use of us. Pray for those in our congregation, Lord, who are not well today, who carry the health burdens of 23 into the year we're in, and Lord, many other issues. But by faith, Lord, we commit every detail into your hands, and pray for mercy multiplied and blessing upon us all. Lord, make use of us. 
Bless from the boys and girls in our Sunday school classes. Lord, pour out Your Spirit upon them. For our youth and our young adults, Lord, set them apart from the ravages of the world. And may they be lights to shine in a dark place. Lord, make use of our youth, we pray, and our young adults and those setting out in life, setting out on new relationships. Oh, God, smile upon them. Bless them, we pray. Keep all of us from sin. And Lord, make use of the seniors in our congregation. And there will not be a petering out. There will not be just a turning down the volume, but rather there will be a turning up of the light and the heat and the joy in the even tide of life. Lord, enable us, we pray. So hear our prayer this morning. Fill our hearts with joy and thanksgiving and write the Word of God upon our heart. And yes, Lord, for those who have been visiting our church recently, we are so thankful for those that have been coming in. Bless them, Lord. May they be hungry for the Scripture, and may they find that they have a home here because we are serious about the things of God as they also will be drawn toward the Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. So, Father, hear our prayers. And what, Lord, of the many times we've asked for the salvation of sinners, the working of the grace of God deeply in the souls of those who are without Christ, Lord, strip away all the false supports that are brought up so often. And we pray that there would be yet this day calling out, what must I do to be saved? And Lord, work deeply in the hearts of each one. So hear us now today, we ask, and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Let's sing again to the Lord's praise, number 601. Lead on, O King Eternal, the day of march has come. Henceforth in fields of conquest thy tents shall be our home. Through days of preparation thy grace has made us strong. And now, O King Eternal, we lift our battle song. And that battle is the battle of serving the Lord being strong in Him and warring a good warfare for the cause of our Lord Jesus. Let that be in our hearts today. Let's stand again as we sing.
Let's turn, please, in our Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And let me say a word of encouragement to everyone to be sure you bring your Bibles with you to the Lord's house. We do have the Red Pew Bibles in front for visitors and those who are not accustomed to bring their Bibles, but those of you who are part of our regular worship, be sure you bring the sword with you. You want to come prepared uh, to study the Word of the Lord and to follow closely uh, with His Word. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10, we read in the Lord's name. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, the trickery of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This well-traveled portion of the Word of God to the believer is one that affords us again great encouragement as we think about the exhortation to have on the armor of God by prayer and in faith. The apostle prayed a prayer that every preacher, every servant of the God of the Lord would pray, and that is in verse 19 that you pray for me. You pray for me as a pastor that utterance that the Spirit of God directing our speaking, giving power to communicate the Word, that utterance would be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make, be make known the mystery of the gospel. Of course, what the apostle is speaking about here when he talks of the mystery of the gospel, he's talking about well, what it means for the communication of the grace of God through Christ 
that would change a person's life from the inside out, and with no physical operation, but totally invisible, secret, that which goes on in the, in, the inner man, the inner person. And that's a mystery. And how can you describe when someone is taken out from an unsaved, darkened position into the light and the knowledge of Christ in their heart? It's a miracle, and it's a great mystery. And Paul is saying, I need the prayers of God's people that I'll be enabled, that every faithful preacher of the Word of God will be enabled to communicate this message with the authority of heaven. Ah, oh, friends, that's what we need today. That's what I need. That's what I ask you to pray for your pastor, for everyone who stands behind this very sacred place and desk in order to communicate God's holy Word. May the Lord bless His Word to your hearts today. Great to see you on this first Lord's Day morning in the house of God. He gives us another opportunity and we are thankful to take that today, and I want to welcome you all warmly. If you're visiting today with us for the first time, or maybe you've come back to be with us again, you are very, very welcome, and we trust that God would bless you by this time of worship, bless you around the Word, and you'd be strengthened in your own heart. Let me thank you all for your prayers for Jill and I as we traveled down to North Carolina to be with our family over the Christmas time, and we knew the Lord's help in travel, going and coming, and we're thankful for your prayers, and we bring you greetings from our family as well. want to say a word of blessing and encouragement in the Lord to our whole congregation for this new year. It is a blessing from the Lord. He gives us these opportunities, a new day, and a new month, and a new year, and we have a time of resetting, a time of recalculating where we are, and where we need to be, and where we are to go. And that's a very, very important thing for us to do, and it's a thing we can be thankful to the Lord for. Word of congratulations to our sister Lisa. She has now become a grandmother, and uh, her daughter Kiera living over in Qatar with her husband. Well, Kiara gave birth to little Theodore, and we are very thankful that uh, mother and little one are doing well. And Lisa's going to be able to go and visit her daughter in the next couple of weeks over there. So we're very thankful, Lisa, uh, and praise the Lord for His kindness upon you. Please remember that at the close of our service today, we will be having our communion service. It's a time where we gather to have a solemn remembrance of the Lord's death. And these are always special times. If you know Christ, if you're born again of His Spirit, you're welcome to meet with us and to partake in the elements of the bread and the juice. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you're welcome to stay with us, but we ask you not to take of the elements, please, unless you know Christ as your Savior, as it is a remembrance feast of what the Lord has done for us, and that's why it's so very, very important. Let's remember, please, uh, the sick ones of our congregation, those who cannot be with us today, and those who are facing some procedures in this next week, 
Uh, we remember them earnestly in our prayer. Our sister Jonah, remember her, please, in prayer as she has a procedure this coming uh, Thursday. Remember her in prayer and others who are, uh, well, still battling on the, some of the things of the past year. Remember them before the Lord. It uh, is a good thing to remind it about our Sunday school and to be praying for them. And today, this morning, was the recommencement, really, of our Sunshine Room class. And that deals with the boys and girls who are from age 2 to age 5. And that will be down in the Sunshine Room. Our Sunday school classes begin at 9.50 every Lord's Day morning. That's 10 to 10. Let me encourage you to be on time and in your place in good order so that there is no delay and we can get on with those Bible classes that are so very, very important. So we have Sunday school classes for all ages, from the youngest ones of the sunshine room from ages 2 to 5, and then there's the junior department that goes from ages 6 to 12, and they also meet downstairs. And then we have our youth and young adult classes, and they meet from, well, age 13 about, and upstairs in this room to your uh, left hand. And then we also have our adult Bible class, the more mature or senior of our people, and that class is meeting downstairs as well. Now, if you're introducing yourself to our congregation, you're uh, coming to visit, let me encourage you to take in all of the parts of our ministry so that you will understand who we are and what we are and, well, what makes us tick and uh, be a part of those Sunday school and Bible classes. Now, also let me say that if you need to leave the service because you have a little one and you need to uh, help them to settle and so on, that will also be downstairs in the sunshine room. There's a new uh, screen set up there which is tied into our service, so you'll be able to take part in the service and also allow your little one to settle and take some time there. So that's also downstairs. We want to make it as convenient for everyone, every family member. We want to make you feel very welcome and being a part of our fellowship and uh, to enjoy God's house. Remember the services today, 5.50 will be our pre-service prayer time, and that's in the fellowship room just outside and down this hall. And then at 6.30, our evening service, pray for our school. Whitfield starts up again on Monday morning after the Christmas break, and our staff members and parents and students need your prayers. Also think about our Presbytery prayer time will be on Tuesday at 12 o'clock. This is a monthly prayer time, and it'll be good for our ministers to get a good start to the year and meeting for prayer. Then on Wednesday, our congregational prayer time at 7.30, and the next Lord's Day, our Bible classes at 9.50, come at 9.45, and then 11 in the morning, 6.30 at night for our services. When you leave today, I want to share with you today in our services our motto text, the text I set before the congregation for the year, and we'll be looking at that in part one to this morning and part two tonight. But when you leave the service today, we have a little something for you, a pad of paper, a pen, 
and a magnet uh, that all emphasizes the motto text we want to leave with you for the year, that it will be an encouragement to you. Let me remind you also that if you have not yet made your update to any address or phone email changes, do that by the end of today. We want to be sure uh, we want to get those address books out to the congregation as soon as possible. So please see to that today or very early in the week. And you can send an email to office at torontofpc.ca and we'll be sure that those changes get made. Well, the Christmas card appeal that we had this year was very, very good, and we want to thank you for your contribution for that. We raised those funds for the Pregnancy Care Center and raised over $5,700, and that is a great encouragement. And so those funds will be given to the Pregnancy Care Center very, very soon. And we want to thank you for that appeal. Let's be reminded about the congregational week of prayer that we have the last full week of January this month. It'll be running from the 22nd to the 26th of January, Monday to Friday, running from 7.30 to 9 o'clock. And each night there will be a focus of prayer, something specific regarding the ministry that we have in our congregation here but I encourage you, every family member, make sure that someone at least from your family is represented there each night, and if you can at all make it, it will be a blessing for you, and it will be an encouragement as we pray together, setting ourselves forward in this new year. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise. And while we do that, we're going to, it's number 399 strong in salvation. And I want the organ and piano, please, to play through the opening verse, and you watch the words to be sure you can get it. And let me encourage you, the offering mailboxes, if you like, offering boxes are on the two walls in the foyer as you go out, and there are offering... And, oh, I don't want to forget to mention this. On the table at the back, we should have had these out before, but they got delivered and put into a room... We have all the offering envelope boxes, and they look like this. And so, there are numbers on the front of the boxes, and if you have been with us for some time, if you ordered these boxes last year, then your number will be on there. Your name is not on the top of the box, so you have to know the number that's yours. You look for that number, and you take that box. Now, if you want to have some offering envelopes, you speak to our brother Maher Lewis. He is our treasurer, and uh, he will put your name down. But be sure you don't take the wrong number, because these numbers are key to uh, the income tax receipts and so on that is your donation. So want to make sure that you do that and you get the right box. And if you did not pick up a daily Bible reading calendar for 2024, there still are a few left on the table at the back. And it's not too late to get into the program and the habit of reading the Word of God by schedule every single day. And you take a copy of that and be sure that you are in the Word of God continually. 399. Let's watch the words and then we'll stand and sing these three verses.
Standing as we sing the opening verse. Turn now in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 68. Psalm 68, we're going to read the first four verses. And then we'll be moving down to verse 28. Psalm 68, verse 1. Let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As, ma- as wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to His name. 
Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by the name Jah, and rejoice before him. Verse number 28. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. Because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring presents unto thee. Rebuke the company of spearmen, the multitude of the bulls with the calves of the people, till every one submit himself with pieces of silver. Scatter thou the people that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises unto the Lord, Selah. To him that rideth upon the heaven of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, as we have this word, your word open before us, open our hearts to its truth. Fasten our minds by the Holy Spirit. We ask, dear Father, today, take away every distracting thing. Give me grace and strength, I ask, to speak Thy Word faithfully and clearly. Lord, bless us now today, for we ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want you to think with me today, and really for a marker of the year, on the subject of what it is to be made strong, strong spiritually. Be made spiritually strong. We're thinking about verse 28 of Psalm 68 as the text for our year. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hath wrought for us. Well, as we step out into a new year, as we embark upon this time, isn't there a mixture of excitement and some degree of trepidation? Excitement to see what new opportunities are going to open up for us personally, in our families, and we certainly anticipate in our church. We look to see what is the Lord going to do. We don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to just stay in the same place, so to speak. We want to step forward. 
We want to go on with God. We want to think, Lord, what new things are you going to do? New ministries opening up? New people that will be brought into the fellowship? Souls that will be saved by the grace of God? Those are all things that we anticipate and look forward to. But there are also areas of trepidation because we don't know what changes will happen that may catch us somewhat off guard. They may surprise us. Some of those changes will be unwelcome changes to you and to me. Some of those changes will be maybe a totally different direction than we thought of going. But I want to encourage you, believer, today that in Christ we can tread upon each day of the year with confidence and with joy and with peace because we trust and rest that our God is in control of all things that concern us and everything that concerns His kingdom. This is not a small consolation. This is a comfort of such magnitude that you and I can face tomorrow with all of its unknown, all the uncertainties, and we can do so with a calm and a determined spirit that if God be for us, who can be against us and prosper? And of course, the answer is no one and no power is able to be against the child of God and prosper or hinder us from accomplishing everything that God intends for us to do in this year. This was the victory theme of Psalm 68, and it abides. Though there is not a title on the psalm, it is definitely marking either a singular victory of God with His people, for His people, or it is dealing with numerous victories. And throughout the psalm, if you were to read it in detail, you would see in relief perhaps the words of Moses taken from Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35, how that when the Ark of the Covenant began to set forward on the journey, these were the words, or very similar words, that Moses prayed, let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. And yet also we may find in this psalm a reference or a direction to the time when David was moving the Ark of the Covenant from the house of Obedidim, where it had been for three months after it had left the Philistine possession, and it was going back to its rightful place in the tabernacle in Jerusalem. But whatever is the case of the theme, the ultimate thought through the psalm is the victory for the church of Christ, victory for the people of God over the devil, over all satanic power, for this reason, God's people can rejoice 
and the words of verse 3, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Let them exceedingly rejoice. This is no small matter. We are in the victory of Calvary and of the resurrection of Christ. We are able to face and go forward in this new year keeping everything in the perspective of Calvary. Everything in this perspective of the Son of God in the glory and victory that He has obtained over death and over sin. And where we stand today in Him. Is that not cause for us to exceedingly rejoice? Oh yes, my dear friends, it is. And our Lord Jesus promised that He would build His church. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And this truth is reinforced throughout the Scripture to such a degree that we would have to be, and I say this, we would have to be intentionally ignoring the triumph that Christ will have over all His enemies. Believer, let us hold fast the form of sound words and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So today, I want us to be challenged, challenged in our hearts with the words of Psalm 68 and verse 28, that it will be for us the pole star It will be for us the marker of our life, the encouragement to take us forward into a new year. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought in us, so that when our hands become weak and our knees are a little bit shaky under the strain of life, that we will rest upon the promise and we will take it to the bank of heaven and we'll be able to draw on account of this promise and we will withdraw from God's bank all that we need for the spiritual strength. Because quite frankly, friends, the Lord has already said we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Let's think first of all this morning and learn this, that spiritual strength is absolutely essential for the life of the child of God. We cannot do without this spiritual strength. Now, you know that there are different levels of physical strength. Someone who is aggressively pursuing athletics. Maybe they are in some competition of lifting heavy weights or going through some endurance. Or perhaps someone that has a demanding physical vocation. Well, you have to have an element, a degree of strength to meet that particular need or occupation. But even without what I'll call is a general level of strength, of physical strength, we'd be so limited in what we can do. I mean, you got the, the snow shovel out of the garage this morning for the, maybe the first time this year. I don't know, maybe the second. But you know when 
The snow is so light and fluffy, it just sort of blows off the driveway. But it's coming that when that snow gets heavier and the temperature's a little bit higher, you know that snow shoveling can be kind of back-breaking, and it's not actually advisable for people who are not used to some, well, more physical exercise. Shoveling snow, doing the laundry, bending down, picking up the clothes, putting it in the washer. I know something about that. Not a whole lot, but I know a little bit about that. Doing laundry, and even the smaller tasks that can prove to be almost impossible if we are limited in strength and mobility. So, we all need physical strength in some way to function. But my dear friends, the same principle applies to our spiritual life, which is of such great importance. Strength is essential for us to function and progress as a child of God. The Lord Jesus said these words in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. Now, we know that there are physical things that we're able to do, and if we take it in the broader sense of the Lord who is overseeing and controlling and empowering all of creation, then of course, without the Lord, we can't do anything. We can't even, we can't breathe. We can't have a heartbeat. But when we narrow that down to the spiritual application, the Lord is saying to us, if we want to do something spiritually in our service for the Lord, if we want to live for God, we must have the power that comes from our Lord. And it's not natural power that's found in us. How many times have we known the power of God in the past, and yet we have set out on some new venture thinking, we, we did this before. I can do this again. And we step out and we do it with our own inner strength, we think. And we found that we cannot succeed. We, be, we fail in that adventure because without Christ, we can do nothing this spiritual power that is being talked about here in this verse of Scripture is a spiritual strength that is so essential for every child of God. We cannot function without it. It is not to be taken, believer, as something optional in your life. It's not like a piece of clothing you put on. You may or may not need, depending on the weather or the activity you're doing. But it is necessary because of the daily walking in obedience and walking in the holiness of God. It's required, believer, for our pure thinking. Oh, how our thoughts can wander off so quickly. And we must harness those thoughts and bring them into the obedience of Christ. And we need it by the power of His Spirit to enable us to think correctly, to think biblically, to think godly, that our thoughts would be pure 
that we will have clear biblical reasoning. We need discernment. How much more in a day of confusing words and thoughts, a day of compromise in the very church of Christ, a day when one believer says, yeah, going this direction's okay, even though the Bible might say this, we can do this. We need discernment and wisdom. We need the spiritual strength that will enable us to face all of these matters. To say nothing of the temptations and the pitfalls that the devil will put in front of us every day. You've already read Matthew chapter 4. You've already read of the Lord Jesus being taken into the wilderness, led there by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Ah, friends, you and I, we need the Holy Spirit's strength to enable us to resist the temptations and to walk in the center of God's holy will. And the way we view this necessity how we put this together in our own mind, how we view spiritual strength, it will be seen in the steps we take to ensure that we are not lacking in it, that we are not weak in this area, that we don't look sickly or anemic, but rather we are, as Ephesians 6 tells us, we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So, This spiritual strength is so necessary. What happens, friend, if you find yourself in the service today, you're listening online, and you say, Pastor, I feel so spiritually weak. I feel I have no power. There could be a couple of reasons for that. It may be, friend, that the essential need of this power that you have lost or you don't have is because there is some sin in your life that is unconfessed, that you have not brought to the Lord. We cannot know the power of God in our life if we're going to entertain sin. So, friends, let us be all very clear on that, crystal clear. You cannot contaminate your life and think to go on with God and know His spiritual power. We'll become just like sounding brass or someone beating a big drum, and we all have all the pretensions of being a Christian, but inside we're empty, we're cold, and we've compromised our our testimony before God. So we can't fraternize with sin and think to have and to know the power of God in our lives. Maybe you've lost it, friend, because of the circumstances of life that have just taken the heart right out of you. And quite frankly, today you wonder, I don't think I can go on. I I know that what the pastor is saying is true. I need this spiritual strength. It's essential for me to go on with God, but I don't feel I have it. I'm worn out. I'm tired. The conflict of my life, the stress and the agony of things have come up on top of me. Ah, friend, 
What do we do in a case like that? We come back to get alone with God again, and we present to Him our cause. We present to the Lord our need. And when we say, Lord, I confess to You my sin, but I confess, Lord, my weakness. I cannot do this myself. And when we come to that point of acknowledging our absolute and total need upon the Lord, we're asking for Him to come and to fill us afresh with that essential power in order that I can go on. Please notice, the second thing we learn from this is that spiritual strength is based on relationship. Start of verse 68, 28 rather, says, Thy God hath commanded. Thy God, your God. It doesn't say, not their God. Their God of who? Who's that? Their God of idols? The gods of the Canaanites? The gods of the Philistines? The gods of those of Syria? The gods of all the other religions of this world? No, it's not their God, because their gods are no God. It is your God, my brothers and sisters, is the one that we know personally that He has come to make Himself known to us. He has shown us the light of truth. He has given to us the reality of forgiveness of our sin. And He has granted to us the certain hope for our eternal state. And that we are today secure in Christ Jesus in Psalm 96, verses 4 and 5, the psalm writer said, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. All the gods of the nations are idols. And what are idols? They are just man-made structures or perhaps they are the idols that are made by man, but they have no physical entity per se, because a God can be a God of our imagination, a God that comes between us and the living God becomes an idol. And don't we want to be careful as we set out upon this new year that, Lord, you would tear away from our lives anything that would come between us and you. We don't want to have any obstacle there. We don't want, Lord, to have anything that's going to hinder our walk with you. Deal with those things, whatever they might be, something of physical dimension or something of the imagination. Psalm 96 goes on to say, Lord, what is man that Thou takest knowledge of him, or the Son of man that Thou makest account of him? In other words, David was saying, as he did in Psalm 8, Lord, what is man? 
How, what we are the dust of the ground? What, what, why would you have anything to do with us? And the only answer to that, my dear friends, is sovereign grace. It is the grace of God that has to deal with us as being of the ground of the dust. And yet the Lord has made us in the image of Himself. We are spiritual beings. We have a soul that will live forever and forever, either in heaven in glory with God or separated from Him in hell forever. Ah, friends, these are solemn, solemn thoughts. David captured the wonder of God stooping down to take notice of man who was so unworthy of even the least consideration, and yet how the Lord has not just taken notice of us, but He has done the unthinkable. He has sacrificed Himself for us. He has suffered and died that we might have forgiveness of sin today, that we might know what it is to have true and lasting peace with God, to have a relationship with Him. Because, my dear friends, it all boils down to this. Do you today have a relationship with God? Do you today know Jesus as your Savior? Are you a son or a daughter of God? Do you possess that knowledge and that hope in your soul? If you possess that, friend, then you can say, I know my Redeemer. I love my God, for He has saved me, and He has brought me by His great adoption into His family. We know Him and we love Him because He has first known us and loved us. And He has given us not just what we need, oh, but He has given us so much more, the riches of glory in Christ. And this should lift our thinking to a higher place. It should clear away the fog that so often can come to a questioning mind, a clear away the fog of confusing thoughts and worrisome fears. Let's face it, friends. The baggage and maybe the critical problem of 2023 has not gone away. And just because the clock turned to 12.01 a.m. on New Year's Day, it didn't mean that you don't still carry that burden or have that concern. What are we to do? We can't turn back the clock, but we must come back again to the solid foundation of our unchanging, irreversible relationship that we have with our God. Because to have the large view of eternity in our mind, 
to have the view always that we will never be outside of Christ once we have been born of His Spirit. We will never be discharged from that relationship. We have that forever and forever. God holds us in His eternal grip, and the devil would try to pry the hands of God, the fingers back, but he cannot do it. For the Lord will never let you go. Friends, today, let those problems of the last year be what they are. You commit them to the Lord, and you rejoice in your spiritual relationship with Christ, which you have in Him, which can never be taken away. The Apostle Paul said, For this God I have found all things in Him. Paul said, I have all and abound. Do you know when he said that? He said that when he was in a Roman jail. And that would not have been a very welcoming place. He said, I have all and abound. There were times in Paul's life where he certainly had many physical things and all the necessities taken care of. He had times of plenty. But he also had times when there was great leanness, when he hardly had a coat to put on his back. He didn't have the food that would have kept him. But he was able to say, I have all and I abound. And he was looking into his spiritual relationship and the spiritual blessings that he had, and he was thankful for it. If you have whatever you have in this earth, you can say, I have all this, and I have Christ on top of all these things. For this God is our God, even forever and ever. Now, friend, if you're not saved here today, if you don't know Christ as your own, if you're not born again of His Spirit, and I can say to you that this is a gospel message of hope today. It's a gospel message of life and of truth. And I hope, dear friend, that you will receive that message today, humbling your heart, confessing your sin, and asking the Lord to come into your heart. You can do it where you are sitting today. You can do it, friend, online at your home. You can call upon the Lord. And He has said that whosoever shall call upon Me shall be saved. That's the Word, and that's the hope, and that's the truth that we have. And I leave with you thirdly, and finally today for this morning, that spiritual strength is not self-generated. It's not self-generated. The psalmist said, Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. I don't know about you, but that phrase strikes me a little bit unusual. It seems a strange expression. 
God commanding our strength. We would expect perhaps He would say that, well, God helps you in your strength, or God is granting you strength, or maybe God provides you strength, or any other of those descriptions. But the word command used here, it shows us that the Lord has decreed such spiritual strength for His people. It is a divine principle for the body of Christ, every single saved person. It's a clear statement of purpose. It's a core operating command that enables us to function and to live for His glory. And so think about it. God who is in glory in His throne, His throne, who is overseeing and who is providing for all of His creation, He is saying to His people, I am commanding strength for you. I am directing strength for you. It is a decree that is divine. Now, friend, do you sense the weight of that? Do you sense and grasp the power that is behind this Word that is being given to us today? John tells us that when Christ came to His own, His own people received Him not. But, he said, as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. So we learn by this that at the very base of our salvation and our spiritual power, we have received this from the Lord Himself. It is a, direct, a directive from God. But it was not just given to us at salvation to start us off and then see if we would make it on our own or not. That's some theology kind of goes down that road that God sort of starts the thing off and then you take your Christian life and you go on and see if you can succeed or not. I'm thankful that that's not what the Bible teaches me. The Bible teaches me that when God by His grace saved my soul, He also endued me with His Spirit, His power enabling me to continue on. And so today, friend, the power that is necessary for us, and this spiritual power, it is something God-given and God-directed and God-provided for, and it is not self-generated within us. <clears throat> For the believer, we have the promise of spiritual strength now, and it flows to us because of our connection with God through our Lord Jesus. And our Savior made that very clear again in John 15 when he said, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. As the branch cannot abide of its own, so neither can you 
except you abide in me. And so we as the children of God, as the branches that belong to the Lord, we must abide in Christ because the spiritual strength comes to us from Him. It is not self-generated. It comes from the Lord. And my, this truth needs to be emphasized. As much in our day as it was in the days of the Acts of the Apostles, because you'll remember the name of a man called Bar-Jesus in the book of Acts. He was a pretender. He was a witch doctor of sorts. And he pretended to have spiritual power and We don't know, but there may have been an element of demonic power that indeed he did have, but it was certainly not of God. He was an imposter. And there are those today that call themselves Christians, call themselves followers of God, and they claim to have his power, but it is a pretentious power. It is a hypocritical power. And they come with smooth words and maybe flamboyant behavior, perhaps a slick performance, and they deceive and confuse. My friends, beware of that today. Pray that God will give to us discernment that we will be able to quickly judge whether this is of God or not of God. Beware also when there is some tinge of self-promotion that surfaces in our own lives. The old feeling of pride that rises, thoughts that we are able to take care of this ourselves, It's an ugly thing in a Christian life. It tarnishes our testimony for our Lord, and we we must root it out by prayer and confession. And if we are enabled to do anything for God, let's be careful not to take credit for it as if we had done it ourselves. Yes, our spiritual life expresses itself through our physical activities very often. We obey the Lord, and we want to follow Him. And we want to stay clear of sinful paths, and we want to listen to His commands from the Scripture. And as we humble ourselves under His mighty hand, and if He enables us to serve Him, to work for Him, to labor for Him, let's be very conscious, Lord, I know this is not of me. This is all of You. Because as we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, He has promised to exalt us in due time. We serve Christ. But we don't serve Him by our own power. We serve Him by the power given to us by our abiding in Him, the Holy Spirit that is alive within us. And we will persevere to the end by the indwelling Holy Spirit who enables us to do all things according to His will. Friends, let's therefore, 
at the beginning of this year. Let's be reminded that all that we will be able to do for Christ and for His kingdom, it is by Him and through Him and unto Him that our Heavenly Father may receive the glory and that we will be enabled to continue on. And so as we conclude today, look at these three simple thoughts. What can we expect this spiritual strength to do for us this year? Well, it will be confidence to face the unknown. It will give us that strength and fortitude not to turn back, not to turn aside, not to throw the towel in or be tempted to do that. We don't want to give up. There's no surrender for the child of God. That we can also have joy when all the factors of life point to sorrow and disappointment. We can still have joy because our joy resides in the One who is all living and all power and all peace and joy. And we will have perseverance to keep going no matter what comes down our road. A believer, may the Lord give us grace and set these things before us as we memorize this text for 2024. Commit it to our heart. Pray over it. And may the Lord encourage and bless you today. We're going to close our service singing number 587. If God be for us, and the opening line says, Rejoice in the Lord, O let His mercy cheer. Friend, if you're not staying for a communion service today, please feel free to leave any time during the singing of the hymn. And if you are remaining, then we will begin our service immediately following. Let's stand to sing.
be seated.